do when you're facing challenges to remember that God is all there is? How do you apply spiritual principle in the real world? What are your daily spiritual practices? These are the kinds of questions we'll talk about in this show. Your hosts, Leslie and Tracy, will share their experiences, but also want to learn from your insights, your questions, and your suggestions. So, don't just listen in. Call us with your comments. Welcome to Just Say Yes to Spirit. See, it's not even Just Say Yes. See, so when I try to do the entry, it doesn't work. The intro, the entry. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I don't even know the name of the show. Say Yes to Spirit. Say Yes to Spirit. I Welcome. Yes. Welcome to Say Yes to Spirit. I'm Leslie. I'm Tracy. And we are all about saying yes to spirit, encouraging ourselves, encouraging you on your spiritual path as we encourage ourselves on our own spiritual path. Woohoo! I wonder why my instinct is to say, just say yes to spirit. Because you have the personality oh, no. that is like, if you're going to do it, do it. Okay, just do it. <laughs> Stop, stop messing around with it. Do it. Stop whining. Just say it. it. Just say it. Say it now. And say yes to spirit does seem like a, just a, a, a more rational way of saying it, too, and since that's probably not my tendency to be too rational. So each week we take a topic, a random topic, and we try to talk about that. We don't try. We actually do talk about that for an hour. Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's not. And we managed to put a spiritual spin on even theoretically unspiritual topics with the underlying philosophy that everything is spirit. Today is thought, thought, like a thought in my mind thought. Is that correct? I thought, a thought. A thought. A thought. Like not, my thought. Not like I had I had a thought, or but like thought, like thought is a thing. Is that where we're going to go with it? I'm just trying to plan ahead where we might go with it. So. Well, we never know <laughs> where we might go with anything on this show, so that's as good a place any to, as to pretend that's where we think <laughs> that we might possibly go during the next 57 minutes. And uh, before we do that, though, we do Leslie's favorite thing um, of the hour here, but this really is my favorite music, basically. It's the only part that has a my favorite is connected up to last week's topic of mindfulness. Yes. Yes. Here you go saying yes. Um, mindfulness and thought. You know, there's a really simple connection. Isn't it? If uh, I'm mindful of my thoughts, I'm how I believe thoughts in terms of being things that I plant into the world, I'm mindful of them. I'm much more likely to have bear the fruit that I so desire to eat instead of perhaps weeds or thistleberries or what's wrong with thistleberries that don't have any value. <laughs> That's a terrible thing to say, isn't what, it? How can a seed, have, can no a seed have no? Well, if I'm wanting tomatoes, I should be mindful to plant tomatoes and don't plant oranges. There okay, you go. That's better. The thistle, the oranges, they all have value. But right. if so I desire, are per- fabulous. Are there orange seeds? There has to be seeds everything, doesn't there? Doesn't everything start as a seed? I have no clue. Okay, oh. so mindfulness connected to thoughts. Yes, yes. That's a great connect with that. Thank you, Tracy. So, um, yeah, this is how it's going to be. If this is your <laughs> first time with us, just strap your seatbelt, fasten your seatbelt, because uh, this is how we roll. And uh, we're going to take a one-minute break or so, and then we'll be back talking about our theme this week, which is thought.
welcome back. You are listening to Say Yes to Spirit. Now you want to say just, don't you? I did. There you and go. I was like, Say Yes to Spirit. Am I leaving something out? <laughs> no, that's the word. Leslie's craziness. There's another word. Right. So Say Yes to Spirit. And our theme this week is thoughts. And, uh, you know, the the sentence that is in the show summary is, do our thoughts create our experiences, or do our experiences create our thoughts about life? Wow. That's a very deep pondering, isn't it? Yes. And we don't necessarily have to start there, but... You know, the the whole idea of our thoughts, especially in, um, you know, in the last 50 years or so, there's been a lot written about our thoughts are things. And when when we see things in our life, in our lives and in the world, that everything has been created twice, that it was first created as a thought and then it was, that developed or grew and manifested into physical form. And so, you know, that that's an interesting perspective and we'll get to talk about, yeah, what what do we what are we talking about when we talk about thought? <laughs> what are we, what are we thinking about when we we're thinking? It? There you go. About thought. And um, you know, and and in new thought and in the you know, 21st century, we hear over and over again, 20th and 21st century, if you change your thinking, you'll change your life. Right. If you change what you think about, then your life changes. So there's this whole idea. I mean, why do we call ourselves New Thought as a <laughs> spiritual movement, right. which is different from New Age? Right. And New Thought is an ancient New thought, ancient wisdom. Ancient wisdom, right. New thought, ancient technology. You know, meditation is is considered a new thought kind of practice, <laughs> but it's ancient technology that has, you know, been around for ever. Eons. Would right. that be as long as you think? Eons, yes. 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 Plus, you just like saying that word. I like word. that, eons. Because you move your head when you say it. You don't <laughs> just say eons. Yeah, you get a little, little tick going. You know the interesting thing about what you what the sentence on the page says is I think they're both true, and one has to do with being mindful, getting back to the connected off, and one I think has to do with being reactive. And, and which one has to do with being think, mindful? Can you can you can you guess the, the the one where my thought creates my experience that I can be mindful of my thoughts? And actually, ooh, mind them. See, that's very exciting. Wow. <laughs> Obey them? There you go. Or, uh, or, no, 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 mine, like, like you're mining. Oh, mine. Yeah, like, like, okay. like a miner, like a, yeah, in the ground. Like I can mine them. I can I can be conscious of them. I can plant them. I can be diligent about watering them and looking after them. Or, and then they create my experience. I absolutely believe that. They They manifest into form and become my experience. Yes. Or I can react to my experience and see my life and just, not that I've ever done this, but be very you know, dramatically reactive <laughs> to, oh, my gosh, I'm the guy on you know Snoopy's show that has the little cloud that's always raining on me. And reacting to that experience and allowing that to form my thought, which then creates more cloud. Do you see? Both and, I think. Do you see? Do you see? Michael Gott really, song. Oh, the which is a which was developed from right, which yeah. was developed in honor of Reverend Doctor Petra Weldis's favorite phrase as a speaker. Do, do you, you see? see? Yes. Not that she's visually oriented or anything. But it is an interesting thing because once you see, once you start thinking about it, once you see, it is um, it is curious to to notice the circumstance of our lives and or when we start experimenting with affirmations and changing our thought, changing our belief. I'm really kind of getting a clear understanding of the point of affirmations is simply to 
work on our belief system. The affirmations themselves aren't the ticket to the to the prize. The, the affirmations are a method of working on the belief. That the belief is the is the way to get to the manifestation of the good that I am designed to experience. Right, because I must believe that it really is who I am or how the world is before it can physically manifest in my life. Right. And thoughts are being a tangible thing. They've actually done a lot of scientific studies on that now, haven't they, to try to make people that think like we think not seem quite so crazy, that um, that there's some sort of um, energy into uh, how or some scientific background to believe that. I use the story of a study that I saw a few years ago, and um, I don't know who did it, but I know I saw it on the Internet, so it must be true. But this group of people took Olympic athletes that ran track and field, and they hooked them up to all these electrodes, and they had them run their event or do their throwing their pole, whatever their event was, sounded so discounting, didn't it, throwing their pole. But anyway, and they uh, took a record of how their heart beats, how their brain waves went, what their muscles were doing. And then because these athletes are so trained, you know, they're, they're so, their minds are, when they're running their events, their minds are like locked kind of very, very specifically. They can think about their events. So then they laid them down on a couch, hooked them all up to the same kind of thing and had them just, think about running their event or doing their event and the readings were exactly the same whether their body was in movement or they were completely still and their mind was just creating the the activity. So I think that's a pretty cool example. Yeah, it, that's a powerful and it's that experiment has been um, researched and replicated so oh, many good. times. Glad to hear that. Um, and and is referred to a lot, but it, it's referred to because it is the perfect example of how you can, we are always programming our minds. Yes. It's not that we can program. We are <laughs> Sadly, it's happening whether we're aware of it or not. Right, constantly programming our mind just by what we are thinking about and what we are putting our attention towards mentally. And so that that concept makes it a very powerful hypothesis that, what we think is what actually then happens in our lives because we're matching the law of attraction is going to match that vibration with that exact experience or something that gives us that same emotional and physical pattern. Right. So not to sidetrack us into this uh, to a different angle, but just to kind of drop it in the bucket, maybe we'll pull it out later. Um, and that, so when people say, well, I wasn't thinking about having cancer, right? you know, it's not always a direct, direct match like with the Olympians that I see me running the race. And they, they see themselves running the race and coming in first. Well, they might come in tenth, but the energy and the effort and the experience they want to have, they have that, right. but it doesn't necessarily have the outcome goal. The experience of it, though, reflects what your mind was programmed for. So, you know, there's been a lot of with the cancer connection or any other tragedy. You know, I was not thinking about having a car accident on September 16, 2012. I mean, I really was not thinking about yes. that. right. And at the same time, it was clear to me within a few weeks of kind of looking back often on thinking about that, that one of the things that's been growing in me is the recognition that the end of a lot of things, it was time for endings and new beginnings. Mm. And I never once ever thought about, you know, having a car Having a near-death experience, seeing the ending. <laughs> right. But, um, and, and not for my life, but for, you know, things right. that I do. And so it's like, oh, I had had that car for, that car was almost 14 years old. Oh. And, um, and I loved it. And 
He was sort of part of your identity, too, wasn't he? Right. And so it's like, oh, you know, that is part of their four or five other things that have happened, you know, between late summer and the end of the year in 2012 that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, it's time to end my focus on that and either know exactly what to do next or be open to what is coming next. So, you know, it's no no accident, no coincidence that my theme for 2013 became elevate, elevate to the next level in all aspects of your life. So um, I've been thinking, I had been think, already begun thinking about change in my life, doing things differently, getting out of old patterns, which some people might say old habits, right? Um, old ways of thinking, old ways of being in the world, old ways of showing up. And you have new hair. Since we don't have cameras, I think that's an interesting thing. You have new hair. And it changes how you look physically, which I think also is new. That can be something. So you're kind of embodying it in all sorts of different ways, and you're looking at me like a really irritable look. But I think it's a good thing, Tracy. <laughs> I think that was a good thing. It kind of well, no, for me, I it have, changes your whole look, your hair. I have new hair every few But not like weeks. this. Not like this. Uh, so I haven't seen this. Like this that. is really new hair. And it really kind of... And in two weeks, it won't look like this. <laughs> but okay. It was I'll, with your theme. Oh, um, go yes, with the flow. Thank you. I have new hair. You have new hair, baby. <laughs> Let go of old habits. That's right. That's right. And there is a lot, of, lot to be said. I think, like you said, that you can see the meaning beneath the event that is more um, holistic isn't the right word, but, you know, it's, it serves a bigger purpose to push us towards the good. Because that car wreck ultimately pushed you towards the good, and sadly many times physical disease pushes us toward the good. Working with women in the Dallas County Jail over and over and over again, that experience of being arrested and being incarcerated pushes them towards the good. So when we can get out of this mindset that, you know, how dare you say I caused the car wreck or my thinking caused cancer, we'll look at the whole picture of what you're thinking and then look at how this is it's pushing you towards the good. Of it versus the outcome of it or the goal of it. Right. So, and you, you know, one of my favorite phrases <clears throat> to use during prayer is, you know, I'm just so grateful that I know the universe is reconfiguring everything, you know, so that my best and highest good is available to me to experience. And when I remember that, then I don't get caught up in the thoughts of being the victim, being um, entitled, being misused, being discriminated against, even if I'm having a temporary experience in this moment of that, I know that it is leading to something better, something good, something that I need to learn, want to learn, or someone I want to be. Right. And that's taking control of your thought in reaction to the experience. That I have no control over. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. So the other day... <laughs> you got a story, Chase I Brown? a story. So the other day I was returning to Dallas uh, from a business trip and... When I got off the pl- when I got on the plane for the return flight home, I was approaching my row, you know, where my seat was, and I could hear this woman who was further back in the plane. But you know, even like seven or eight rows before I got to my row, and she was probably five to seven rows beyond my row. I could hear her. That's how loud wow. she was talking. And she was complaining and, you know, about how she hated flying on this particular airline and she couldn't believe how crowded it was. And she was stuck back here in the back of, you know, in the back third of the plane in a, and I even in a middle seat. And I really felt sorry for the people on her right and her left, right? She was really complaining, 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 complaining. Oddly. There's an, you know, another word I want to use, but I won't. She was complaining, complaining, <laughs> complaining, and I could hear her in this, you know. And I, I'm looking for my role, but I'm hearing her. I'm not focused on her. I'm just hearing her voice, and I, I did hear her say to the 
flight attendant, something like, and there's no place for me to put my bag and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, and the flight attendant, of course, as flight attendants do, you know. Accidentally spilled water on her? Well, no. no, you know, tried to offer to find a place for her bag. I told her, you know, if we can't find a place for the bag, you'll have to check it. So she apparently, this is my perception, I don't know this for a fact, but at that moment I was just reaching my row, and I had an overhead, and there was a place in the overhead right over my row that had space for one, maybe one over, you know, rollerboard and a small bag or Mm -hmm. computer case. And so there was a coat up there, and I'm, I was moving the coat. So as I'm moving the coat, I hear her saying to the flight attendant, apparently, hurry up, you can put my bag in that space right there. You're about to put your bag there. That I'm about to put my bag there. Yes. So, But I didn't really know <laughs> she was talking about that space, right, because uh-huh. I'm just in my own world. Yes. Oh, here's a space, let me move the coat, let me put my bag up there. But she was talking about my space. My space. And she was, like, ordering, hurry up, put my bag in that space there, you know. And so he's standing right there at me, and he he looks at me. And I look at him as I'm getting ready to lift my bag. And he says, where's your seat? And, of course, it was right there in that row. Ah, perfect. And so he says, well, let me help you. And he grabs my bag, and he puts it in the space. And he turns around and says to her, I'm so sorry, we're going to have to check your bag. <laughs> That's what flight attendants do, yeah. <laughs> and, and she, of course, was like, I don't want my bag checked. You must find another space. And she was like, but all of that got triggered just now, of me remembering it, because, you know, the whole, I was in the airport for two hours, cause I, two and a half hours, because I got there really early you know, never happens. That yeah, hardly yeah. ever happens. And there's a part of me that could have been really impatient. It was crowded. Uh, all of that. But the whole time I was waiting, and then even as we were boarding, I was in that that thought place of it's going to be great to get home. This trip goes smooth and easy. The business part of the trip. You know, I was really grateful for how well it had gone, and. Uh, and I was holding this thought that this flight home is going to be uneventful and smooth and, you know, all of that. That's right. the thought energy I was in. So when I think about it now, of course it would happen where there was something to challenge it, but it would just manifest in a way that was easy and simple for me and supported what the thought I'd been holding, that the flight was going to be easy and smooth and, you know, no drama for me. And <laughs> clearly there was drama for her. And when I think about how she had been talking, and I heard it, and it was in my consciousness, she was holding the thought that the flight was going to be crowded, she was going to have a miserable experience, nothing was going her way, she, you know, was going to have a bad experience, and it further manifested Right, Because the reality is if she had said, or even if the flight attendant had said, you know, this woman is um, has a really tight connection to make or something and or, or whatever, and would you mind checking your bag? If that had been done as a request in a, you know, nice way, that day, I probably would have said, oh, yeah, no problem, because I had two bags that day, and one of them was checked. So I was going to have to go to baggage claim after the flight anyway, right? because my larger bag had already been checked. So it wouldn't have been like I was inconveniencing myself by checking the smaller bag right? and having to go to baggage claim. But that wasn't the energy, so that's not what happened. And um, so, yeah, our thoughts, I think, I, I, I think it is both, that our thoughts drive our experiences and our experiences influence our thoughts. But I think more and more how I'm thinking serves to create what the experience is that I have. 
not the everything that happens, but the my experience of it. Right. And, you know, new thought has come into my life in the last 10 years, I guess. Um, but before that, I had a lot of 12-step philosophy thinking, and their thinking was, it kind of, it, it circled around the idea, if I change my thinking about the situation, then the situation changes, even if nothing manifests in any different way. And so I had a lot of, exper- a lot of experiences in my life of, you know, still being in this perhaps, you know, not so fabulous physical experience, but my mind thinking, my think- thoughts about it were so different that I experienced it differently. Yes. And, and I would see women in Al-Anon that lived with active alcoholics whose lives were very roller coastery and, you know, not necessarily physically violent, but emotionally at unrest. But these women were just like Zen rivers. They were calm. They were peaceful. They loved their lives. And it was because they thought about their relationship differently. They thought about their experience differently. And so taking that thinking and then kind of piggybacking this idea that I can manifest things differently. It's kind of an evolution of thinking in a way. But I have um, a lot of experience of, you know, whatever's happening to me, my experience of it, my perception of it is my choice. Yes. And, and, I, and I think I say that a lot to the women at the, in, in the jail situation, that they have the choice of how they're perceiving what's happening around them. And it, and it gives a sense of being empowered, even in a situation that I'm completely powerless in. If I understand I have, quote-unquote, choices and control of my thoughts, of my reaction, then it gives me a sense of, oh, wow, I do have, even in this very, quote-unquote, powerless circumstance of being in jail, I have some some power. I have something I can do. I have some something I can be responsible for, which is healthy, isn't it? I think it's healthy. It's healthy. Thank you. Okay, affirming. There you go. I do like your hair. I just have to say that again. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like the picture. Do you have going, your new going to the like going to the internet. Scene. Let's see if there's a picture of Tracy Brown with curly hair. Um, and there is not. <laughs> so, but there might be. So no, there's not. Save be. your energy. Yeah, save your internet space. <laughs> Actually, I, I, uh, there, there may be some hidden somewhere, but you wouldn't know if it was this curly hair or another curly hair. True that. True that. Um, you said something interesting about your theme for the year is elevate. 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 Be. Excited, be empowered, and be fully engaged in your life. See the three E's. Look at you. There you go. That's it. Excited, empowered, and engaged. And engaged. Four E's. Oh, four E's. The elevate from the three underneath it. Right, right, right. Right. Very good. And you you do that, that theme for the year. I do. I've noticed that as a theme in your themes. And I do think there's great wisdom in that because it, it... funnels down what you focus on for the year. Reverend Petra, in her sermon and her talk a couple of weeks ago, talked about New Year's resolutions, and we have like 23 of them or something. And then we were surprised, you know, at day five, we're so overwhelmed because we, you know, don't even know which one to start with, and then we get overwhelmed and we don't do any of them. So to be able to have a, a narrow focus sort of allows all of our energy to to move in that one direction, so I think I'm going to take that advice. I'm going to. I, I, I've thought about that over the last week or so to take one thing because I have like 17 different things I'd like to do, you know, energetically or business-wise or creatively. And so I'm going to take one thing. I thought last week. I'm just going to pick one thing and just do it. And that's been really um, good this week in my thinking. Instead of having my mind jumping around in all sorts of different ways, having my thoughts be more laser-like in that one direction has given me some hope. Wow. Wow. Yeah, see, there hope. you go. Hope. What That's not a Leslie the, word. It's unusual. It's a four-letter word Leslie doesn't use very often. There we go. That's hope. it. Wow. Hope that all my work might finally pay off, right? There you go. Funny, work. funny, funny. So, yeah, I um, love the, for me, the process of, of birthing a theme for each year 
has had a major impact. Mm. And I one of the reasons for me that works is because, like you, one way that you and I are alike is there are always two dozen mm-hmm. places, two dozen directions that we're pulled in because we have varied interests and we have friends from all different, you know, parts of our lives and we're working on all kind of levels, spiritual and emotional. And so for me, rather than picking a specific outcome, when I have a theme for the year, it you know, I can go back no matter what I'm doing and say, how does this fit into my commitment for the year to elevate? Elevate, right. Or last year in 2012 it was, how does this fit my commitment to receive, to receive good, to receive more, to receive different things, to right. receive from others. If I'm receiving, I'm, it's coming from outside in. And, um, you know, so in the sense of setting priorities or choosing between the five things that I want to do this month, I can, I, that it's a differentiator. You know, is that going to help me in this calendar year? It's all about elevate. So is that really supporting my intention to elevate my life and to help others elevate their lives? Oh, nice. Because I actually elevate what came through as my theme for my coaching practice and my business of helping others Mm -hmm. elevate so they could be empowered, so they could be excited, so they could be engaged in their lives. And I really didn't think it was going to be my personal theme. It was going to be theme for coaching. Right. And it was four weeks later, after I had the theme very clear and the logo had been designed and everything. Go, Tracy Brown. That all of a sudden some things started happening in my personal life. And it hit me, oh, I've been thinking so much. Talk about thoughts. Uh-huh. I've been thinking so much about what it looks like to help people elevate. The universe doesn't know I'm not talking about me. Yes. And so I, you know, get a call from a client, a new client, a someone who up to that moment was a potential client who said, oh, we want to do this in, you know, 2013 and, you know, here's the parameters. Right, we pick you and here are the parameters. And it's like, oh, if I'm going to do that, I've got to, like, I've got to step up. i got to elevate what I'm doing. What I said was in my mind, oh, I've got to step up. And then something happened in as a practitioner, as a spiritual practitioner, and I got an invitation to go facilitate and lead a retreat, and it's like, oh, yeah, I can do that. I know how to do that, and look, it's elevating my visibility and my, you know, uh, and within a one-week period, it was like six things happened that I heard myself saying, oh, step up to the plate, or oh, that's increasing my territory, like the scripture says, or that's increasing my, um, that's providing income for me that I wasn't expecting, but I really need. And even through that week, I wasn't saying elevate. I was using other words. And I was talking to one of my really good friends. And she said, well, of course, your theme is elevate. Yeah. You know? And it's like, bing, 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 bing. Like, that oh. is so, yeah, right. So I'm like, okay, it's my theme for, the, for 20. <laughs> it will be my theme for 2013 as well. See, and that's an interesting, it's just 12-step day for me, I guess. It reminds me in the big book, it talks about um, if you're feeling resentment or bitterness towards someone, that a practice is to yes. pray for that person for yes. 30 days, and you pray for everything you want for them to have. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, no, I said that wrong. You pray for everything that I want, and you pray as if you want them to have it. So it's not in other words, like if I know you want a Toyota and I want a Mercedes, I pray for you to have a Mercedes. So right. I'm praying for you everything that I want. And what's magical about that is the two things is, A, it shifts the resentment, does it every time. Yeah. Absolutely There's does it no every time. No exceptions. No exceptions. If you do it for 30 days straight. But, B, I'm putting out that energy of what I want. And as you said, the universe doesn't know that it's being said for you. It's being said for me. So. And we teach that every time we teach prayer, every right. time we teach 
teach spirit, people to do spiritual mind treatments or affirmative prayer. We teach that. You are not praying to change anybody else. You are changing your own consciousness. Every statement, every affirmation you are making, even if, you know, it's as I'm making it about Leslie and Leslie's experience of the world, I'm really just praying to change my consciousness of believing that that is possible, that that is the truth, and that is how spirit manifests in the world. And so, yeah, it's it's a great example. In fact, I hadn't thought about it till this moment, but I need to make a note and put it in, you know, the right file for when I'm teaching classes because it really is true. My I have so much power attention and emotion attached to being able to help others elevate. And I was seeing so many ways, literally for a month. I mean, I would be trying to focus on something else and I'd get another idea about, oh, that would be great for that thing, elevate, you know. Oh, uh-huh. go go have somebody do a logo because this is going to be good for all these people I'm going to help. Oh, I'm helping myself. Right. You know. I'm helping myself. So um, it started showing up in my life, which also then allows me to help others. And the more I help others do this in their lives, it's going to continue to show up in mine. And that goes back to the initial question of the theme. If I'm mindful about my thoughts that I'm planting, I love that metaphor, then my experiences become more in line with the divine design of good for my life. And so then it's easier for my thoughts to be, you know, repeatingly positive. It's kind of like, um, what did I say to somebody this week? I was talking about they were just kind of spiraling and going into a panic attack, and I was talking about doing an affirmation or breathing. And then I said, and rinse and repeat. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. because it's like doing it over and over and over again. And I think... Um, just for me, that's where I get kind of lost. I can remember years ago when I first started going to the Center for Spiritual Living, uh, I had a class with Reverend Petra, and she was the first one that kind of really honed in this idea of doing affirmations and changing these anxiety thoughts. And, and so I started doing the affirmation. I did like, you know, 10, and I thought, well, this didn't work. And so I went back the next uh-huh. week, and I was like, you know, I tried that thing you said, and it didn't work. And she said, well, how many times do you do it? I said, at least 10, at least 10. And she said, Hundreds. I mean, she's having like a straight face, and I'm like, hundreds? How could that even possibly be? How could I? And I said this. I said, how could I hold have that affirmation thought hundreds of times in one day? And she said, Leslie, you're always thinking. You have millions of thoughts a day. I'm just suggesting a hundred of them be this affirmation. <laughs> like, oh, right. Because you know we are constantly thinking. So your brain is always <laughs> processing and thinking. Right. Yeah. So it's an interesting concept to just think, oh. And I and I started doing something since I've really sort of almost given up entirely on the idea of ever meditating in the mornings again, um, that uh, when I'm driving to work, I'm doing my mantra, uh, there's one life, that life is God's life, that life is perfect, that life is my life now. And I'm saying that on my mala beads all the way to work. And, you know, that is just a stopgate kind of thing. I do, I will erase the idea that I'll never meditate again. But um, I did find that even just doing that shifted my experience throughout the day. And so that was an interesting That's my favorite mantra when I'm driving. And um, and I use use that all the time. Mm. It's, and and you know if I'm driving, it's hard to count <laughs> using the mala beads. Unless so, you're me, somehow I can measure it. Yes. So, but for me, yes. that's a little challenging yes. to do. And so, what I do is, you know, I, in general, well, for that particular mantra, because I have done it with the mala beads so much, I know that if I'm just doing that constantly with the mala beads, it takes about. 10 to 12, 10, 12 minutes. minutes. There you go, Tracy. Right. So if I know, for example, if I'm leaving my home and I'm driving to the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas, and it's 
not during rush hour, that it's going to take me about 12 minutes, maybe 15, Perfect. depending on the lights. And so, um, and so, or if I'm going on the highway. And so I can just say I'm going to do this mantra all the way to the, my destination. Or if I'm doing something else, I'm going to an appointment, I'll just say for the next 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and I'll look at the clock. And, um, you know, and say for 15 minutes, I'm going to do this mantra. And it just clears out clears. the confusion. That's a good, that's a good it word. It clears out the anxiety and the worry. Right. It just clears, creates a clear space, a clearing. And then sometimes I, I'm sad to admit <laughs> Sometimes the truth is that you know. 15 minutes is up, and then, you know, I'm like, okay, I can stop now. And then my next thought is, I really don't know what I'm going to do about it. You know, I go into worry, <laughs> right? and sometimes I'll notice, okay, Tracy, you just spent 15 minutes. Uh, there's nothing for you to worry about. But there are times where something is so present in my energy that, you know, it'll be later in the day when I realize, for 15 minutes, you created perfection, mm-hmm. and then you went right back into worry, anxiety, fear, the opposite of right. what you claimed. Um, but most of the time, most of the time, it's like, yes, it creates a break, a clear break and a welcoming entry into the world of faith, into the world of certainty, into the world of love. In reminding you of the truth, right? And I think that's what it does for me. And it helps me. It it, it short circuits that other thinking. And yes. I, I really do. You said it earlier, and then, you know, Reverend Peter obviously said it. You know, we're always thinking. We're always thinking. It's a matter of choice of what we're thinking. And um, the more I can embrace that, and somehow, for me, interestingly enough, the the not so healthy thoughts come so much easier. It is, they just roll off my mind's mind, and it's the you know the healthy thoughts take a little effort, take a little you know engagement, and uh, old unhealthy thoughts seem so much more accurate, don't they? Really, <laughs> don't seem like they're you can speak for yourself. <laughs> so it's uh it's a uh, it's it's funny how any time changing something, it, there there is a, a a period of, oh this is uncomfortable or unfamiliar, and pushing through that and getting that to the point of becoming familiar, and becoming the routine that my automatic thought is oh this is working for my good versus the automatic thought of how can this be happening again oh my goodness, <laughs> so it's all. Um, you know, it's a repetitive thing, exactly as Reverend Peter said. If I do it repetitively enough, then my knee-jerk reaction will be, "Oh, this will work out. This is this is this is gonna this is gonna work out," and my thought stays in that positive realm, even if I have a temporary experience of something that doesn't seem to support that. Right. Exactly. And it's not easy. It's not easy when our experience doesn't seem to be supporting the bigger goal, the desired outcome, but it's not easy to constantly remind ourselves that not only this too shall pass, but this too is one of the ingredients that goes into creating the meal that I have ordered. It's just one of the ingredients, you know? I like that. There you go. And it's It's hard because it seems like it's totally all-consuming and opposite to what we want. But I love that you keep saying we get to choose what we think about as it relates to the experience we're having. Right. And it is. It's funny. I had one of the the young women at the jail say last week that one of the guards was really coming at her. And, you know, obviously the officers have the ultimate, complete authority, and she said she heard my voice in her head saying, this is an opportunity, versus a reactionary kind of 
emotion that she would normally have. It would have gotten her possibly rolled or, you know, kicked off the pod or out of the program. And so she had that moment of breaking an old thought pattern and having that new idea of, okay, this is an opportunity. And she said, then, of course, you know, that changed everything and how she reacted to that officer, which changed everything of her experience of that exchange. And um, I can remember a therapist I had years ago. I <laughs> I would, at the end of the session, I would have her, like, plant some positive thought, and it was probably affirmations. I didn't even really, you know, put it in those words back then, but I had her say something positive to me three or four times, and I would consciously plant her voice in my head because at that time my weeks were so dark I needed, I couldn't get my own voice there. So we made a routine that that would happen, and then I could, for some strange reason, I could get myself to think of her voice saying it, and that would kind of lift me up a bit. And it, it's interesting how, you know, the, the thought, the, the words we hear someone else say can sometimes plant a very positive thought that we can replay just at the right time. Yes, because when you said that she reported to you that she would hear your voice in her head. <laughs> my, my, you thought, oh, my God, what my, a horrible thing. My initial reaction was, oh, <laughs> poor child. <laughs> Except that now I've known you long enough and I know you well enough uh-huh. that I know that when you are in that mode, mm. she's probably really blessed to be able to hear your voice, the kinds of things a that mode, you yes. say mm. and that you remind her of are probably really great. Um, but, it, well, yes, this yes. is my first yes. reaction was, oh, my God. I don't know if I have Leslie's voice in my head. And an officer's yelling at me. That doesn't seem rationally good. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy, for your support. But, yeah, yes. I'm glad right. I, I, right. I have seen you in action. Yes. I've heard you be wise and wonderful. I have the ability at some point. Yes. Even... All the time on this show. <laughs> and you know what's interesting about that, and this is a kind of an interesting thing, in terms of thought, let me ask you this, Tracy Brown, let me see if I can formalize it. When I am consciously thinking, making choices about my thought, I'm still somewhat exercising the human experience or the human brain. Is there a point that in as my spiritual program increases and my divine design of my life becomes more activated, is there a point you think that that the unconscious thought becomes the conscious thought, the unconscious being spirit, Christ consciousness within, becomes my my conscious thought and I kind of am out of, I'm not thinking that I have to think positive thoughts, I'm just being I'm I'm being, so then I'm in this kind of energetic flow of expression that is divine design. And it's not a conscious thought, it's more of an experience of being. I've seen you do that. I think think we all have the capability to do that for differing lengths of time. So I've seen you do that for... A certain amount of right. time, and then you realize I have to think myself to that, or I have to, I'm I'm not behaving. And I think when we notice we're not doing it, right? Then we get it's because back. we have been doing it, mm-hmm. we have done it, we know what it feels like, and we know when we're on automatic with it, and then we start to notice when we're not mm-hmm. living from that place, and that the gaps in it become or the lengths of time that we're not living in it becomes smaller and smaller, you know. And so I think the human experience is that we will always have moments that sometimes turn into weeks, years, decades. But we always have moments where we're not. That's not our natural state of being or it is our natural state of being, but we're being human. But we're not manifesting, we're not experiencing it. And so, you know, um, and when you've used Reverend Beatrice as an example a number of times of how from your experience of her, 
she is very grounded in that place. Right. And when things are happening, she really does see them in, from that perspective. And I don't know Reverend Beatrice, so I can't say this for a fact, but my guess is that, you know, we talk about how when you are really committed to and do your spiritual practice all the time, right? that then when you're not doing spiritual practice, you still are operating in that space. It's praying without ceasing, That, and that's what that is. Right, and so it becomes, you, so is it a, is it, is it, a, is it a, it's not really a thought then. I mean, it's not, because when I think of a thought, I think of it something I'm conscious of, and this is more an unconscious, but it is sort of. Even our unconscious thoughts are thought happening all the happening. time. Okay, I see, yeah, right. So it's that, that training, uh, that acceptance and that training ourselves over and over again that this is what I believe. And so no matter what happens, I'm going to interpret it through the lens of what I believe. So the more I have trained my thoughts to believe that I live in a friendly universe and spirit is my source and everything that happens in my life is for my best and highest good, the more I've trained my thought to to operate and to interpret mm-hmm. anything that happens from that perspective, then I don't sit down and think, oh, oh, um, you know, this the, this plane is crowded. Now, what am I supposed to think about that? It's just I carry that energy. I walk in that thought. So then it becomes because it's more like an expression. It's a being that thought. You're being the the divine right. The divine expressing that is becoming manifested, which probably is always happening. But it's more when when I'm really in a spirit space. It's less. It's less. Um, it's not taking my energy to do. I don't. It. Right. I don't I'm, have to work at it. Right. My favorite word. Yes. Yeah. But I, I. Yes. And I think that what the way the reason that reflects is because I am doing my spiritual work. Yes. You know, I am every morning doing something that grounds me in the spiritual truth. So my day must reflect that. I am stopping. You know, in the middle. Um, Reverend Lee Wolak once said something to me that really intrigued me then and intrigues me to this day. <laughs> well, speak it. And that was, the, you know, we talk about tithing with our money mm-hmm. and 10% going to where we are spiritually fed. And he, we also, in, we also generally talk about tithing your time, talent, and, talent. and treasures. Right. And so, you know, one day he gave an example of, you know, we work 40 hours a week or we're awake 16 hours a day. And so if you tithe to spiritual practice 10% of your day or 10% of your week, Mm. what would that be? How many hours? Because a lot of times, you know, we struggle to get, you know, 30 (laughs) minutes of meditation in, right? But 30 minutes is not 10% of my waking hours of my day. It's not. Wow. And so for every now and then I will take a week and I'll say, I'm going to consciously and intentionally tithe my waking time to spiritual practice, mm. meditation, reading devotionals, um, walking a labyrinth, you know, and I, I'll list, like, at the beginning of that week, all the, you know, a lot of things I could choose from, mm-hmm. so I don't get stuck thinking, oh, I don't have three hours today to, you know, do meditation, or I can't meditate for 90 minutes straight. I don't have to. Right, you can break it up, yeah, to that's be, the next point to be that much spirit, to add up to 90 minutes of spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just make sure for that week. And every week I've done that. Every time I've, like, given myself that Mm -hmm. assignment, Mm -hmm. it's amazing. The times I think I don't have enough time, but I do it anyway, everything else just falls into place. Right. And things that I thought were going to take three hours only take 90 minutes. Right. And I'm thinking, yeah, I should do this more often. I'm in the Zen River, yes. 
where there is no time. Yes. And it is um it is curious, you know, all we have is time and how we choose to manifest what we do with it. And I think um I was talking to a, a young girl that's <clears throat> working or living in a shelter right now and trying to work a plan of how to get out of that and has uh, four kiddos and a lot going on. And I was suggesting, you know, to spend 15 minutes to three hours. I just use that as my window um, of time to sit down and work on the plan. And I got a text back that said, three hours? Are you out of your mind? And I'm like, what's she doing sitting there in the shelter? Oh, <laughs> You know, she's not going to work. She's not, you know, she doesn't have a car, so there's nothing to pull. She has, her kids have a place to go during the day. So I'm thinking, yeah, three hours. And you know, but I can so see myself going, Are you crazy? Three hours? That's impossible. Exactly. And uh and so it is interesting how I frame, you know, how I spend my day. And um and I am pleased as punch that I'm using my car time as mantra time. So I'm gonna use that as my Yeah, you're in your car uh, line. You're gonna be in your car lot. anyway. So Might as well. And mm-hmm. uh and make that a step towards Again, getting back into morning meditation. Every time I do the, every time I uh, lead the five-minute spiritual practices class or the fast spiritual practices class. Oh, that you do, right, right. um, People come up with the most creative things they can do while they're in their car. Because it's like they're going to be in their car anyway. Right, right. And um, it's like, yeah, I could use this and you know, and it could be I choose to listen, which you've done for a long time. You listen to right. um, Christian radio, right. so the music you listen to is is giving a message. Mm-hmm. You know, for you that's so automatic now; it doesn't right. always have the same power. Sadly, but for true. someone yes. who's been listening to other things, you know, where people will listen to recorded talks from Sunday services yes. while they're driving or. Um, you know, make sure intentionally choose music from spiritually based artists or new thought artists or gospel artists or to make sure I'm using that time to align myself with spirit. And here is also an interesting thing in terms of um, how I align myself with um, the energy around me and getting caught up in, like you didn't really get caught up in that woman's banter. And I can absolutely, <laughs> I like to get caught up. I almost find it engaging in a game. But um, so, you know, there is a lot to be said for managing my reaction or response to what's going on around me. Yeah, just because it's, ha- well, there's a, um, I think it's an Alan Cohen quote um, that I I don't have to, I don't have to engage, that's not the word, but I don't have to be in every fight I get invited to, or I don't have to say <laughs> yes to every right. fight I get invited to. Yes. Um, and it is. It's like I heard her talking, but it, it was in hindsight after all the things happened that I really thought, oh, yeah, I did hear her. But while it was happening, I was focused on, let me find my seed, blah, blah, blah. You know, I was in my own world. Right. And then because things happened the way they did, it registered, oh, that's the same voice. So, yeah, you don't have to uh, drop yourself into everybody else's story. <laughs> I'll try to remember that this week. <laughs> so that is uh, all the time we have for thoughts and um on Say Yes to Spirit, and we hope that in the coming week you will think pay attention about and pay attention to your thoughts. So until we meet again, we encourage you to say, say yes, yes to, to spirit. spirit. I don't mean to be so wild.
outside But my heart's been hurt a couple times By a couple guys that didn't treat me right I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie Alexa, play meant to be Okay If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be Baby, just let it be If it's meant to be with Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.